a lot of this isn't how interesting is your photos it's how good are you at talking to people and negotiating stuff um mm. which that's something i never learned and yeah. or not learned in, an, in a, any official capacity and uh, just kind of had to figure it out as i go which is it can be difficult yes uh it's a horrible it's horrible to learn that because as an artist we spend so much time saturated in the act of creation and the art form and then anything outside of that is is almost a burden because you're like mm. i just want to be doing my drug i want this drug and yes <laughs> and i don't want to be hindered by these other things Man, it is. Uh, I'm really excited to talk with you. You are quintessentially one of my all-time favorite photographers. Uh, this I is one time when that. <laughs> your photography is out of control. It's if you're listening to this and you've not seen Camden's work, I highly suggest checking it out because um, he has this. I mean, we, we're going to get into it, but he has this way of being in the right place at the right time, but also have an artistic eye. Uh, all these things kind of come together, and you can kind of. There's a voice with his his work that I really love and um, I admire. And so definitely check it out before you hear us talk about this so you have context. Um, this is one of the rare situations where the algorithm from social media actually gave me something special and it was your work. And so, yeah, this was like a year ago or so. So it's really great to have you here. You're really busy. And yep. that's why I appreciate you taking the time to make this happen. No, I appreciate the, the invite. Mm. Yeah, you. It's. I know that you... Uh, are often on the road and traveling and based on your profession so yeah mm -hmm. and you're out you're you're out in atlanta is that right yeah yeah okay that's cool. my base mm. i read in an interview um that you got started in high school with photography mm -hmm. and you're are you near road atlanta is that no that so works, i grew or? up on the west coast in washington state okay. um but i grew up near a racetrack um in portland so mm. What racetrack? Uh, Portland International Raceway. Oh, okay. I never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not used a whole lot now for a lot of bigger events, um, mm. unfortunately. But there was a lot of kind of grassroots racing, pretty much of all different varieties that I had, thankfully, pretty easy access to growing up where I did. Mm. That's cool. That's cool that you had that because, like, mm -hmm. obviously, that variety probably helped you understand like how things get phot photographed differently in different situations different cars have different personalities mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome and you've been did was there somebody in your family like how did you come into the world of photography uh i came into it by picking up my dad's film slr mm -hmm. um probably middle school age and just kind of as a mechanical object being interested in it um, and not, not so much at that time, really being interested in photography, but just wanted to learn how the camera worked and mm. just you a mechanical mind? with it. Yeah. Mm. Do you have, is, is, is photography something that came, so it came to you just because of your interest in mechanical stuff and then I think, eventually I mean, became I, the art? Initially why I wanted to mess around with the camera was just, it was a cool mechanical object with a bunch of you know interesting <laughs> stuff going on so to try and to try and figure that out um 
obviously you put some film in it and go shoot whatever mm. but that wasn't really at that age not something i thought i would be it wasn't a goal of mine to be doing this um i wasn't even really focused on motorsports or aviation at that time it was just kind of like what's outside to point a camera at and figure out how this works <laughs> interesting that's fantastic because like given your work now seems like your personality is wrapped up in it seems like it's all encompassing right it's your lifestyle i'd imagine and pretty much it's yeah. it's most of my time at mm. this point <laughs> it has to be because it doesn't make sense for somebody to be as prolific as you and it seems like you travel from one thing to the next to the next to the next mm -hmm. when i message you on instagram you're over here and then yeah. and then <laughs> the next time i talk to you you're over there yeah. and it's fascinating it's really cool it's cool to see um because obviously the dedication to what you're doing and the sacrifices of uh, imagine to have to make in order to to make it work but that's really cool and so this so photography kind of came to you out of curiosity at an early age because um, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to these episodes we usually like to start with if people don't know who you are we like to try and dig sure. into where you came from the origin okay. story basically you know the the Lou Skywalker photography of your channel okay. <laughs> getting into it so um, did you take that energy and curiosity and then translate it to education did you get educated on photography or so I took photography photography classes all throughout high school mm. um i'll say that i already had an interest in it like freshman year when i when i started with that and already knew kind of the basic stuff um but it was definitely like a way and a specific time that i could kind of further all of that by by taking those classes so i didn't i didn't jump into it as a complete novice like i want to take these classes to learn photography i mean i i did but i already started with some kind of basic basic knowledge that's good your 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 photos for me have a voice and that means to me that you're somewhat self-taught you failed a lot mm -hmm. through the process and is this true uh yeah i i wouldn't say i'm 100 percent self-taught i've had you know i had a great photography teacher in in high school um still keep in contact with him a little bit um, oh yeah Who, who's yeah. this uh his name is richard ray shout out to richard yeah yeah you had to make probably, sure you probably send one this. of the best <laughs> best teachers i've had just in terms of being supportive of what i wanted to do and mm. teaching a great class that um, helps but if if we're going back that far, really what I wanted to, to do and what I thought I would be doing now was, was like mechanical engineering or being on a race team as a mechanic, as a something in that capacity, not as a photographer. Oh, interesting. Do you feel some sort of uh, regret having <laughs> gone into photography or? Not regret, but I still have, I still have an interest in, in doing that side of it, but I'm so far out of <laughs> practice education on, on any of that, that it wouldn't, I'd, you know, I'd have to start at the very bottom, like a, 
18 year old, you know, sweeping the floors at a, at a race team or something like that. So it's, it's not a regret, but Hmm. there's, there's still the interest in, in that side of it that I definitely hold. Well, the cool thing is with photography, it's almost like you can kind of spotlight that, you know, Mm -hmm. showcase it. And I see that a bit in the way that you work with light and stuff too. You can kind of see, I get maybe, I mean, this is cool unwrapping kind of your approach to this because it makes sense when I look at some of your photography where it's like, you know, for me, it's like the photographer's eye is the curious eye. It's like, this is what intrigues me about the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to show this to you, sure. yep. you know, and, and, um, that comes, you know, through different, it's translated obviously, uh, over time and, from looking at things, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking at some of your work now just to like okay. <laughs> dive into it, but you shoot a lot. I've had Larry Chen on. I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with Larry. Yeah. Good friends um, with Larry. Yeah. Larry's fantastic. He's yeah. a wonderful human being. And, yes. and he shoots a ton. Like he shoots so much. You, you, you guys are kind of similar where you're here and then you're there and then you're there. <laughs> and like, yeah, he's, he's more on the road than I am. And I Especially yeah. with the with the family, I don't know how he pulls that off, but yeah, good for him, man. Supportive family, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he does it either. Um, yeah, it's it's so much travel and stuff. It's probably one of the downsides, I would imagine. But yeah, I yeah. I asked him recently if he's if he still like enjoys all of this, mm. given what you said. You know, so much travel, like there's got to be times where it's a, it's a drag, but he said yes. And you, and you can definitely see that in, in all of his content and his vlogs and stuff. And it's, it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. To watch him blow up it. so much and still be like a hundred percent excited about everything. Yeah. He, that's what makes him special. It's like, <laughs> he's not deluded or jaded. He's just, he, you can tell he loves, he's an autophile, like he loves cars yeah. and he loves the stories behind it. And he's got a lot of emotion invested into mm-hmm. it. He's also a really kind human being too. Yeah, like, yeah. And I think that's like, yeah. Um, he's one of those people that I just, I admire on a lot of levels. Um, yeah. And that's cool that, you know, it makes sense that you guys, that you guys would know. Yeah, I've, another. I've known him for at least 10 years, I think. Okay. Um, and we, I mean, we see each other maybe once a year. <laughs> if that, we just like, we do We're I mean, we're in the same arena, but yeah, just kind of shooting different stuff. So we don't cross paths that often, but, mm. and even when we do, it's, it's often just a, like a, Hey, what's up? <laughs> and we're, we're busy doing our own thing. So yeah, you're on the clock and just keep yep. going for it. Yeah. You so let's go back to to high school and then we'll go through it. So did sure. you get a, a? I mean, this is a question that is common with what we do as artists. Is mm-hmm. did you get a formal college education? Yes, mm. and that was in um, automotive design, automotive mm. technology. Oh, interesting. Okay, even, even at that point, that was still the the path that I was trying to follow. And I will say that while. I enjoyed all of that. I think even starting college, I wasn't, I was getting fully into photography and I don't know if I had a real specific destination that I wanted to be at with the automotive side of it. 
So Mm -hmm. most of my focus personally outside of school was with photography and how to, how to make that work. So Mm -hmm. I think I let the, the engineering stuff slip a little bit. Sure. Did when you were figuring it out, there's a whole different world or there's this big shift that happens obviously with an artist when a it becomes a hobby that you're passionate about and you consume everything about it and then the second level is when the you get the world to respond to your hobby by encouraging it through monetary Mm -hmm. gain basically when was the first time that you can recall when that switch happened in your career um i had people local racers that would would kind of hire me to to work for them um mid high school i think wow so that i mean it i wouldn't say it was a job at that point far far from it to be honest but that was i guess kind of the point where i realized that maybe it wasn't only a hobby Mm that it could work out that this could ex- could grow and expand. Yeah, and I guess I mean it it wasn't it wasn't fully up until I graduated college and just just decided not to pursue any jobs in that the engineering automotive uh, field. Yeah. That I I guess that's kind of when it was like I guess I'm doing photography. Um <laughs> So I don't, it, I don't it know didn't if it dawn was on ever... you that this was the this is the path. No, not, I mean, not really other than just kind of not knowing what exactly I wanted to, I mean, I didn't want to sit at a desk and do CAD drawings Yeah, all day. Um, so, <laughs> and I didn't really know how to pursue, you know, like a hands-on race mechanic job or anything like that. Or even if I did, I just thought you know what, this photography and being around race cars with that is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a real necessary part of it that I think a lot of people get wrong. In my opinion, there's not a ton of artistry that is attached to this part of racing. As I see it, you're, you're shooting, like it's very cinematic. It reminds me of a lot of like Ridley Scott and Tony Scott's early yeah. work, you know, which I'm sure you're familiar with, like yeah. Days of Thunder and things like mm-hmm. that, where it's high contrast and um, yeah. great framing and, and things like that. Uh, is that a source of inspiration, cinema? Um, yes. I don't know if I could say anything specific, mm. but I mean, I definitely watch watch stuff like that. I watch Blade Runner and think, this is an amazing looking film. <laughs> I wish yeah. my stuff could, could look this cool. And... <laughs> the original Blade Runner? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, either one, but yeah, the new yeah. one's good too. It's, it's, it's um, Roger Deakin shot the latest one, but yeah, yeah. The, the original one is Jordan. Cronenworth. Didn't he do both? Did he do both of them? No, the original no? DOP is Jordan Cronenworth, I think. So. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I'll look it up, but yeah, okay. they're totally different. That's, they use completely different methods too. like, um, Roger Deakin shoots spherical, the original one's anamorphic, completely okay. different source, like and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Cause when you look at that, I mean, that painting's like, I mean, that, that movie's a moving painting basically. Sure. <laughs> it's so much texture and things to yeah. it. 
but the the contrast level and and how you frame light is what i'm talking about like how you see pockets of light the first shot i think i've ever saw of yours which i think it was a ferrari inside of a what do you call that like a barrack or something where the light was coming in from outside and was all like purple and blue you know what shot i'm talking about right i think so yeah well you shot trillions of photos but (laughs) this one's quite iconic and i remember going like this is so cinematic it's 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 almost like painterly um because anybody uh, i don't know how you stand on this but i think you give anybody the same camera the same gear and give them the same subject one of them is going to figure it out differently Mm -hmm. and that's the competitive edge what do you think that is like I mean, you're amongst a bunch of photographers and I'm sure you yeah. see your, you know, your shots and go, Oh, this is totally different. I mean, I mean, yeah, we, we all often, we're all thinking the same thing, the same kind of standard thing, but honestly, just as much, there can be six of us standing in the same, almost, you know, shoulder to shoulder shooting wildly <laughs> have to different. Usually high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we we could all be shooting wildly different things different framing different you know lens lighting different overall goal with Mm. the image um so yeah different crops and stuff too Mm -hmm. i I love how you play with crops and um there's like a story that's been told to it or you're saying like don't look here look over there yeah is that something of intention too like um, walk me through it. You're sitting there in the, what do you call that? The press areas that you're able to go through. Cause you have to, you have to have like coverage or what do you call it? Like admittance to these er- certain sure. areas. Yeah, we, it's have a, we have a credential thing credential that lets us go more, more areas than the, the general public would be. Yeah. Typically. Special stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you are at a race event and mm-hmm. you have the credentials Walk us through that for somebody that's never a been to a racetrack. Uh, that's one of the best things you can do. If you get a chance to please go watch a live race event, the f- sound that permeates your body. There's nothing else like it. If you got to like loud noises though, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but walk us through that experience. Like you get on location and how does that work usually? Um, I, I will say that compared to other people, I, I don't plan plan ahead as as much as a people might think i do or Mm. b other people Uh, it's just generally not how i think not how i approach i like that there's there's a definite downsides to that but um (laughs) so what are the downsides of not planning (laughs) uh coverage coverage not being able to take advantage of of stuff that you're not aware of that you could have you know researched beforehand um Mm. but generally i just i just kind of start walking around and Mm. i'll i'll tend to gravitate towards the people that i'm that i'm working for but um try to get somewhere early find some find some interesting light i know that's a pretty vague term that yeah, don't get Doesn't too really specific, specific here, Camden. <laughs> <laughs> well, you shoot a lot of high contrast, which means light's coming towards the lens usually. Yeah, um, um, I, I, I guess. I don't know if this specifically answers your question, but kind of, kind of my theory behind what I shoot is that let's let's say I'm showing 
my grandma a photo. She she maybe doesn't know what a Ferrari F40 is. How dare your grandma? Nice no, kidding. And, <laughs> Come on, grandma. <laughs> yeah. But what how can I make this image interesting to someone that doesn't have knowledge of of what the like the subject is per se or the right. like the obvious subject? So how can I highlight some part of this car that's just an incredible design or a weird design or how can I highlight the emotion of the person driving it? Mm-hmm. That's something that I think anybody can kind of understand. Mm-hmm. Universal. And that th- yeah. And at that point, it's not really an image of a car or an That's airplane. Right. It's an image of determination, grit, whatever you want to, whatever it may be. So I think having... I'm not always focused on kind of details and being able to see, you know, perfect shadow detail, perfect, whatever, but more so shapes, yeah. strong shapes. That's, that's why there's a lot of high, high contrast work as you've, as you pointed out. I love um, it. It's bold. I love it too. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's a, I can push it a little too far sometimes and, no. and look at it, look at it later and be like, mm, maybe that was a little Maybe that was a little too much. Yeah, you um, stop it down way. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. You know, there's someone's taken apart the engine. What like maybe their hands are completely dirty, mm-hmm. and that that kind of tells the story by itself without needing to see the whole car and the engine and the person or it's just all the tools kind of thrown on the ground not organized at that point so it's shown that it's being used mm-hmm. um well there's a narrative aspect that's why i brought sure. up tony and ridley scott's work mm-hmm. in comparison in a good way i'm i don't i'm not intending to compare in a bad way because um, no. like even you and larry are completely different in my mind mm-hmm. of, of the the what I get back from feedback. Um, but I do love, I, I noticed that when you have the sun, you use it as a contrast element, which is really fantastic. You shoot, a, you shoot towards it. And yeah. I, I, that's do, my, I do a lot of backlit stuff that yeah. I, I feel like maybe people teach that as a, as a no, no, as a like, <laughs> and I don't, I don't believe in that. Um, it's all about the edge light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's, yeah. there's certain times when it's not great. It's not, not the way to go as yeah. is for any other circumstance. So, yes. Um, but it, you know, shooting against the sun, against the lights in the garage or, or whatever it may be. I think can help with that high contrast with shapes with just big bold structure texture yeah then shooting i guess i don't want to say like typical other people would because other people can make amazing things doing the exact opposite that i might be doing that's um, beautiful right that's art yeah, yeah. 
yeah like th- there's really no rule and no what we like is completely different from other people which is what you said that shooting the way that you shoot sometimes is a no-no you know as <clears> you'd <throat> say but uh in my opinion there's no rules it's either you like it or sure. you don't and that's your prerogative yeah. you know so but i would imagine you've maybe not now because you're a little later in your career but in the beginning shooting the way you shoot now might have been difficult to sell to certain people because they want to see oh i mean we need the front three quarter fully lit of the shot and you're just like that's death though it looks crap (laughs) how did you navigate that i think early on when i was you know showing my work to people driving their spec miata or or whatever at an autocross that's what got people's attention Mm. versus just a front three-quarter shot that shows their whole car um Mm -hmm. which is what some people want and so i think those people may have ignored what i was (laughs) what i was doing but it is it is a struggle to try and figure out how to balance that. I mean, at, at some point I'm working for people and I need to, I need to do what, what they need or there's, there's, you know, there, there's a balance there. Luckily I've found people that want to work with me because of what I do. And they generally, that's what they want. And they, they kind of let me run, mostly free with that that's awesome so that's that's been great um <laughs> but you only get it, there because you pursued your taste right is that correct Sure. yeah i'm trying to get at artist sovereignty there's a lot of people that might be listening that are younger in their career that are having all these doubts and shoot in a weird way or they draw in a weird way and i use air quotes for this because they're unique I'm always there to celebrate that, like go into that because the world doesn't need another copycat of something else. You know, the world needs you to be authentic to yourself. And that's what I get from your photographs. I mean, this is going to be a whole podcast about how much I love your photography. So it's just fantastic. So just soak it up. Let let the ego grow. Sure. I mean, it means a lot. Thank you. Oh, that's fantastic. It's a like this is how I look at your work a lot of times too. Cause I'm really into CGI, as you know. Mm-hmm. Carlos and I, my friend and I who made the Make Ace Corp, all that stuff, that whole car stuff that I think I've showed it to you. Yeah. We look at your work and say, Okay, how far are we from this? Okay. We don't look at it as copying it. We look at it sure. as we're in the digital camera, which is so difficult to mimic reality. How far away are we from capturing that emotion? It's still very far. <laughs> it's yeah. really difficult. Um, but, we, but, but we use your work as, uh, and, and often, you know, other people's work as well and cinema and stuff. But a lot of times it's just like, how can we capture that likeness or that feeling in your work? And it's it's a great touchstone, which is really, really love it. So I appreciate that. Yeah. But it comes I mean, down would, to you making the taste and you doing it. But yeah, so, I would. I would say that if 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 someone is you know younger and and looking to come into this, why would someone why would someone want to hire you or them? Hmm. Is it do you, 
do you have a reason why someone would hire you over photographer A, B, or C, or D, or whatever down the line? If mm-hmm. if that's because you're producing different content and people are enjoying that, then then yeah, you need to you need to keep doing that. Try and figure out how to how to make that work and. I mean, there's there's definitely no shortage of of people out there with a camera that you need to stand out above. Mm-hmm. It's highly saturated. Yeah, sure. Yeah, when you approach, let's say you're going into, and we got to go back to when you had credentials and went through the day. We'll go back mm-hmm. to that, and just I keep sure. jumping all over the place. Apologies, but when you when you're sitting there and or standing there and you're in the pursuit of a photograph, and let's say you've gotten yourself in the location that you want, you've wandered around. This is how I like to do the same thing. You got to see first and then you shoot. Mm-hmm. But anyways, you're there, you see, and you're looking for it and then it happens. But then do you ever have that happen where you're like, this is just like the shot that I shot last week or something. How do I differentiate that and that's, reinvent myself because that's got to be a struggle too because that's how much pretty work much you put every out. yeah that's pretty much every every event because i mean i've i've been doing this for for 10 years but other people have doing this for 60 years going to the same 15 20 places mm. possibly multiple times per year so mm. it's it's hard to get away from doing the same things over and over again once you figure out like what works mm-hmm. and and maybe you know there's tracks that I've been to that I know some easy kind of boring stuff to shoot <laughs> and I know some pretty interesting stuff that's not totally hard to accomplish mm-hmm. um and it's hard not to do that kind of stuff repetitively, especially if there's like new people I'm working for mm. every year. Um, cause sometimes I feel like I, I need to shoot that stuff for them. Um, cause they might want that, but generally I, I try not to do that. And I try to think, you know, what, what is it about this, about this image that, is interesting and if that's not answerable and <laughs> i might just not do it simple simple advice but useful yeah yeah so it's almost like a you have this position where you're looking and analyzing it and then you're kind of in real time analyzing whether this is going to be something that's going to res- resonate or not because yeah mm-hmm. if you're at the same track but I mean, I, I, to be honest, you know, you could, this is something probably you've understood too. And I'm sure you do. Like a lot of times when you're first getting into photography, you're, you're shooting standing up. Mm-hmm. You don't realize that there's a whole nother world at yeah. your ankle, you know? Yeah. And then there's also a different world looking up from something else, which I noticed yep. in your, your work as well. Like you have a lot, you, you're able to shoot from helicopters, I'm imagining and different vantage points and stuff, which is really interesting as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's another thing that I found really fascinating is there's a there's a quite a, a depth of of different 
um, variety to things where they could be quite stagnant and um, traditional or like expected, but there's a variation that happens to it. And I was just curious as to your thinking patterns when you're going into this, but a lot of it, it seems like it's also just you manage to put yourself in the right place at the right time. The subject matter is already doing so much for you. you know? Well, there's, there's a lot of that. I think I, I gravitate to subjects where there is a lot going on and I can kind of step back and observe and think, how do I want to portray this and just control myself? Mm. Like doing portraits or like a lot of commercial automotive work, having to be a director and control where all kinds of other stuff is, is not really how my brain works. Mm. And that kind of scenario is a little scary to me <laughs> as much as that's, that's, it's hard to admit that, but it's good to admit it. You're more reactional then, huh? I, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> there's, there's a lot of that. I think I thrive in a, in a place where there's already some amount of things happening mm. and I can, you know, whether that's just a one-time thing or if it's repetitive stuff going around in a circle in a track, um, I can observe and come to some conclusions about what I think is interesting about this in the specific place that I am. Or if I'm looking around and thinking, this is all kind of lame, <laughs> I'm going to walk. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to kneel down. I'm going to walk to the other side of the track. I'm going to turn around and see what I can see from this place where I'm right next to the track, but I'm shooting mm. a mile the other way somewhere else you know you're constantly on the move always on yeah. your feet moving yeah on an average day about how many photos do you think you would amass after a full day of shooting um it's usually like on a probably a typical race that's like two days of practice and then a one to three hour race it's probably in the five or six thousand um image range mm. for some of the longer 24-hour races that have a lot more track time not only in the race itself but in the in the practice days and qualifying it just kind of goes up exponentially from there mm. um i've been i've been trying to be a little more mindful especially with cameras now that you can just rip Pump off out. a million frames and and like the the mirrorless stuff that you don't have a physical sense that you're you're taking any photos. Yeah, um, I've actually kind of started dialing my cameras uh, frame per second down just so I don't come away with sixty thousand images that I now have to <laughs> sort through and figure out which of these fifteen identical photos of a wrench is the right one. Um, so. Yeah, I'd, I'd say in general, I probably shoot too much. Mm. Um, Still, huh? In a in a in a like a repetitive, there's no real use for taking 15 photos of a stationary wrench um, <laughs> type of way. But mm. we well, shoot a lot of action too, so it makes sense to shoot a lot of frames in there. And yeah, you open up the shutter too, which is really nice, and add the motion and all that stuff, which is great too. But you also capture really sharp and crisp action, which is. 
-hmm. of really fast moving objects um, from really far away, it looks like too, which is also interesting to navigate. What's your ratio, you'd say, when you're done at the end of the day, you're like, okay, if I shot 5,000 photographs, how many are you selecting and saying, this is worthy of others' attention? I mean, there's probably 50 or so that I'll give to my clients that mm. I think are solid and not not like a series of eight images of a car going through a corner. Because um, <laughs> to me, that's those are all kind of the same thing. Maybe Maybe one on the entry and one on the exit can be different enough. But mm. somewhere around that, depending on it's a pretty good ratio, actually. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean that that depends highly on where we are, what kind of race it is. You know, a twenty-four hour race is a bit different than a two and a half hour race, as far as yeah, it's its own what animal. What you can do, although I don't, I don't think my ratio of stuff that I'm proud of really scales equally with the length of time i think because mm. i take more time to try and do one thing that's maybe a bit more obscure mm. but this is when I mean, you're hunting for the for the yeah. shot mm -hmm. yeah but overall there's probably maybe five that i'm you know super <laughs> proud of that i want the world to see i guess after five thousand. yeah i mean yeah what percentage is that Point one? No, one? One percent? No. Uh it'd be point point one, I think. Yeah, point one percent. Yeah. This is good for everybody to hear too. Um because uh I think shooting action is a I think shooting anything that has conviction and, and, and a narrative aspect or an artistic angle to it, especially in a in a world of chaos that you're kind of around, mm -hmm. is extremely difficult. And you only you only understand that in, when you're actually there. Um, doing it which i'm not i guess i've shot a little bit but like it's it's a whole different energy than shooting say a portrait not to say that they're one's easier than the other it's just a different monster uh, uh, i i mean i would i would not want to be tasked with a yeah same. typical portrait session that i, I mean i would say that's harder <laughs> for, <laughs> well, for just, how... you have less mileage with it maybe uh you know what i mean like oh uh, yeah. for sure yeah <laughs> um, but the, the but the portraits you capture through your work now i love that they're they're candid moments of intensity mm -hmm. um you and, and this is what you mentioned earlier what you strive for with your some of your work i'm imagining is there's a narrative aspect to it mm -hmm. which is uh it's definitely felt which is great and just being there amongst the moment of it yeah i mean there's there's definitely specifically with that there's a lot of right place right time as as you kind of alluded to yeah um i would say that a hundred percent there's luck involved with that mm -hmm. probably a lot of luck but you have to be ready to capitalize on that luck it's designed luck right wouldn't you agree yeah it's luck by design I mean, it's, yeah. certainly there's some things where stuff has happened that i've totally had no idea would happen and i've been able to you know click off a frame and it's been really neat Hmm. but a lot of it is I might have five or six ideas in my head of what I think might happen and I need to be in this certain place to be able to capture that if this guy turns around while he's putting on his gloves and steps into this little 
little thing of light here. Yeah. 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 There's, I mean, 75% of that he doesn't and he turns and walks the other way. So, <laughs> but you still get at least 15 shots of that. So, sure. And then, you're, and then I'm like, why did I even take these photos? They're not really that interesting because um, you know the payoff would have been incredible. Yes. And so you, you show up and you build your own luck, right? Yeah. So you need it. It's, it's luck, but it's also, I was there and usually I had something along those lines in mind Mm -hmm. that I had in my head. Like if he does, if he does this, I'll do this. If they do a fat burnout out of the pit box, hopefully I'll be in a place where, you know, the mechanic walks back through the smoke holding a tire and he looks all neat. Um, <laughs> so, and edge lit too, or backlit. Yeah. Yeah. So you get the volumetric raise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully there's a car behind him with their headlights still on. They, mm. they've just come into the, the pit and haven't shut the car off yet. You know, a, a lot of, a lot of those stuff that have to like, all these things have to stack up to get what I might have in my head. Mm, the as, layers and stuff. Yeah. As this would be really neat. And I'm going to sit here hoping that it does happen. Um, but often when I'm doing that, there's something I'll see out of the corner of my eye happening real quick. That is equally cool that maybe I didn't have in my head, but mm. luck says, Hey, you got a chance at shooting this real quick. Yeah. It's like oh, and, over there and over there. Yeah. It's actually really supportive and, of people that have a uh, ADD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lack of a, like extreme focus for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's actually feeds that, um, yeah. Defect in other worlds, obviously, but an yeah. absolute strength in this world. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> I feel like if we ever shot together, I'd be right at the same spot. And it would, oh, look. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, so a lot fun. of that comes from, from being around this for long enough that you kind of get a feel for, mm. for what happens. I'm sure like, Anybody who shoots NFL Olympics for any length of time can kind of feel when, when something might be about to happen. So yeah, that's, that's a useful skill that comes with repetition and doing this a bunch. Yeah. Sixth sense to it. Are you still entertained, infatuated with the process of doing what you do or has it lost its shimmer? I mean, as you start doing something for for work and people are asking you to do stuff that you might not want to do, you, you do lose a little bit of that, but sure. um, it's definitely not anywhere near gone though. Mm. So, so yes. Yeah. So it's still, it's still a love, a connection basically mm-hmm. like a, of an infatuation. That's it, good. It, it shows up more when I'm in a new place, like I'm going to a track for the first time or just a different race, even if it's at a certain place that I've been to. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where, you know, I don't have, I don't have any built in knowledge of this is what I should be doing or shouldn't be doing. So I'm out figuring that out on my own for the first time. And that's, that's, it's hard work. Yeah. Usually ends up being cool. Sometimes it, doesn't if you know things fall the wrong way and you you pick the wrong places to be but that's Mm kind of how it is yeah 
well, yeah, you never know until you know, and then you can't yeah. know unless you try. So yep. <laughs> it's like you're you're building out the uh, you're building out your fate basically, and then you're mm-hmm. focusing and moving through it because it's it is it's, it is a bit chaotic. Have sure. you had? Uh, I don't know if I, I might have missed it. Have you had interest in shooting videography as well, film stuff, or is it still uh, are you still in the in the stills? It's yes, I've I've messed around with with it a little bit with some of the aviation stuff I do. Um, and then I've, I've done a few things with, um, a production crew that I am friends with. Um, but it's not a huge interest. Part of that is because I realized that I can't do stills and video at the same time. (laughs) They're totally different things. Yeah, and it's just like you need to put your effort 100% in one or the other. Yeah. And there's very few scenarios where I'd want to not do still photography. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a reason why I haven't really explored the video side of things too much. Mm, makes sense. I mean, also, up until recently, not really having a camera that was worth anything for... For video, for video, yeah. You were using uh, what? You using Nikon? Yeah. Still, uh, still's camera, right? Yeah. Two. Mm-hmm. I have. I, I bought the Z9, the mirrorless, like their their flagship mirrorless camera, mm-hmm. uh, a year ago. So that that, as far as I'm concerned, not knowing a whole lot about video, that's a pretty solid piece for video. Um, mm-hmm. What's level, it called? Z9. The Z9. Mm. I, I've never used Nikon or shot with them, so I don't know. It's kind of yeah. It's it's uh, kind of the it's kind of funny, right? Yeah, it's like people file into camps like, oh, I'm a Canon person. I'm a yeah. Nikon. And I think it's because it's so expensive, honestly. And then you get sure. used to a system, and then you get comfortable with that. Do you? This is something I like to do. Is like I'll go on a trip, and I say I'm only using this lens. That's it. When I first started, I was like, I need all my lenses all the time, and I want all this variety. Do you do that as well? To I mean, obviously not when you're on the on client stuff. I'm sure you have to have your system, so you're like, if yeah. I yeah, but um, you, like, you do those kind of challenges. Well, so what I I used to do, and this I, I've stopped doing this, but I used to shoot a lot of aviation, like air shows and stuff, mm. just on my phone, <laughs> and that's, that's kind of like that's super backwards to what you know people that shoot airplanes are they want the biggest longest telephoto lens that you can get yeah what can i do with a 24 mil pretty much and yeah a crappy sensor with yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so what can i do with this wide angle lens with no no shallow depth of field no like real dynamic range crappy (laughs) quality i mean crappy in comparison to any real still camera it's crappy <laughs> yeah yeah so but you that, can get creative kinda, yeah yeah that kind of taught me a lot of like about composition mm-hmm. or let me explore interesting composition to work with what Make i up. had yeah. hide the hide the flaws with with my method my choice of equipment mm-hmm. um but utilize what i had in the best way i could Mm-hmm. smart so i don't i don't do that a whole lot now because i realize i can take a lot of other cool pictures with an actual camera of airplanes and stuff but sure. in general 
up until just a couple weeks ago, pretty much I was just using three lenses. Okay. Yeah, so, I saw you have a 70 to 200. So 35, 70 to 200, and a 500 prime is what I've been shooting on for pretty much the last, you know, forever. Um, there's other stuff here and there, but that's mm. basically what I'd bring with me. And that's three lenses, 35 yeah, prime, 7,200 and then 500 prime. Yeah. 500 stops down to 2.8, but you usually shoot at what F 13 or something like that. Uh, the 500 is a F four. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, it's quite a lot of, a lot of glass in there. Yeah. But the, I mean, boy. that's a pretty small kit for. Yeah. Very like, small com- compared to a lot of the, the people I work alongside. Sure. Um, it's a little bit lighter, a little bit more versatile though, huh? Yeah. And I think, I think I've, it, it kind of goes back to something my, my photography teacher in high school said that is like the, the best zoom lens is your, is your, your own two feet. Like, yes, I love that. Get up and get up and move, move. around. Yes. So I've, I've kind of been one to think that shooting on primes, I mean, I have that 7200 zoom is, is a good way to have to put some focus on what you're doing mm-hmm. and think about where you are, think about your composition and not kind of correct anything with just a quick zoom. Yeah. It's easy to just stand there with a 7200 and get plenty good coverage. Yes. Especially when you get down to the 200, the separation between subject mm-hmm. matter and foreground and background is fantastic especially if you can capture that compression yeah um especially with like uh aviation it looks like on the aviation side you're using your 500 a lot i would imagine that's that's kind of what i'm shooting with generally just mm-hmm. with generally the the distances involved in, in that kind of stuff and how and yeah. how big big or small things are yeah. um but I keep the 70 to 200 just because it's very versatile and it's something that I could, if Delta loses my bag or <laughs> someone steals it, yeah. I can have that and a camera with me all the time. And I can pretty much do most of what I want with that focal range. Mm. Um, yeah. It's just a great fallback. Yeah. 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 I mean, the gear is often a topic that's discussed with photography because like everything, people think that the it's, what do you think on that? Actually, um, do you feel that your gear defines you or vice versa? Or, I mean, obviously you couldn't take photos without the camera, so it's relevant, but yeah. at what point do you uh, go? I well, think yeah. it, I tell people that it doesn't matter and it certainly doesn't matter up to a point. Mm-hmm. I think initially when you're, when you're just starting to learn, it really doesn't matter. Like you need to, you need to figure out the basics with whatever it is, whether it's something shitty or, or something nice. And that's, you know, that's, uh, that could be debated as to what that is. Um, also, but there's, there's times when your gear matters, I think, but, there's also ways where you could just do something else where that isn't a factor. Mm. Um, not, not try to work against what you have. 
Um, yeah. Well, working with the tool you have to, and like you mentioned yeah. too, like having limitations, like when I was first getting into photography again, I just, I picked up the 70 to 200, you know, you might know this. I actually bought it from my friend Webland. Do you know Web? Okay. I've I'm, I'm not met him personally, but I, I'm super aware of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's a wonderful yeah. guy. And he, sold me some of his old lenses when he was like okay. migrating but it was fan- it's so cool too because i'm like oh this is great because web loves these kind of things and all the things that he shot with it too i still yeah. have it and um but I, I i was using it so much and i just loved it but then i realized if i wanted to improve or advance after i got used to that it's like okay now try another lens and then got mm-hmm. really into like vintage stuff and older things because it just deteriorates the image as well which is really interesting have you dived into like using any older vintage stuff or optical uh, kind of stuff? I I bought one of those Helios forty four two. Yeah, the mm-hmm. the the swirly lens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually made I made an autofocus version of that. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. It, how did you do that? Uh, you can take the like the central part of it out, mm-hmm. and I was able to stick that in a older mechanical focus nikon 50 mil because oh, their older stuff is all mechanical autofocus mm-hmm. so basically it's just like a screw drive from the body to the lens and the there's no really real electronics it it didn't work that well it was autofocus um and it was just something i did you have to tune it thought, or was it still soft it was super soft and it was more soft than it should be just because it wasn't really aligned perfectly. It was something I saw like on a on a forum or a Reddit post somewhere and thought, you know what, I'm going to try and do this. So and yeah, you did I've, it. Oh, I've, okay. yeah I've, I've messed around with that a little bit. Um, That's like the gateway drug to, to the vintage stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of want to now more because the mirrorless stuff, I think you can, you can do that focus peaking and it'll show you more what's, what's in focus versus the, DSLR stuff I think are kind of worse than an older film like 70s SLR as far as the the screen showing you what what's in focus mm. or not I've yeah. always struggled with with that yeah uh, Nikon's uh good with autofocus so so yeah yeah so I, I can't re- I've not used them but I mean I guess at I mean as you mentioned and I agree and people ask me about gear it's like at this point it's like oh well, what camera did you use I'm like at this point they're all amazing. They, yeah. they all outperform every photographer ever. So sure. the dynamic I mean, range there's... and the, just the overall ability these, these little computers have, it's insane. Places yeah. where I feel like I'll notice difference in gears is shooting at, at night. Mm, Definitely yeah. Like so auto, low light auto, stuff. auto focus or low light sensor yeah. performance. Um, and yeah. that's, that can be somewhere where getting the newest camera makes a, makes a big deal but it's it's still like if you don't if you don't know how to use your old crappy camera you're not going to be able to use your new fancy camera any better yeah when autofocus fails for me i go ah fuck it i'm on manual baby and then yeah and then you get your oh wow i'm like having fun again i'm shooting bokeh balls and like oh yeah yeah (laughs) and then i'm zooming and i'm and then you're it's just having fun letting the failure or the Mm -hmm constraint hold you down are you i mean you have to and i see it in your work too in your reactional photographer which i see in your work as well this comes off of just being in the moment 
reacting to the that's what i think again there's a lot of compliments but this is what i really enjoy it's like oh the sand's moving up and hitting the helicopter and it's creating these incredible like sparks that are now i can just shut it down a little bit capture it and then Mm -hmm. it's just reactional to the moment of being there you know um i just feel it's cool it's like you push me into the place you know i think uh, and there's a lot of things to to love about photography but when I see another photographer's work that I admire, it's like, I like when you push me to where you are, you're at currently, you know, cause sure. Everybody, anybody can t- crack the code of making something visually strong, but the feeling mm-hmm. of being transported is, is also yeah. a superpower. I, mean, I, th- you know? I think that's, that's part of the end goal is to kind of help someone understand what it was like watching what i was watching um and yeah and if i can do that that's awesome um it's it's hard to accomplish that all the time yeah yeah well like you said 0.1 percent so sure (laughs) yeah i also love the grandma role i think that's a fantastic role yeah because universal i I think yeah yeah i think you know is that what you call it it's called the grandma rule right I mean, that's how I try to <laughs> describe it. I mean, I don't want to. No, you coined it to call, hear call today. Anyone's, <laughs> call anyone's grandma out for not knowing what a. How dare you, grandma? Is, yeah. <laughs> Every grandma should know what an F40 is. It's I unacceptable at this point. It's been around long enough and it's that great. So. <laughs> but even then, like, I don't think an image should have its worth based upon just this is a photo of LeBron James dunking a ball versus this is a photo of some random person doing that. Yeah. Good point. As, as much as that shouldn't matter, it does. Yeah. To to um, your audience though. Right. Which is nebulous. Yeah. Yeah. Cause one, and and I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a a bad thing, but Hmm. I think if you have strong elements of anything else in the image then it can be just as meaningful as if someone recognizes what like your subject is and i guess i don't really want like i I want my imagery to be like i don't want it to be like this is a photo of a car like this is a photo of two people racing or someone some kind of action some kind of story yeah narrative or i mean yeah sometimes it's just like these are cool colors Mm -hmm. this triangle shape is fun uh (laughs) there's a whole lot of triangle shapes and then this airplane is triangle also so let's put them all together so it can can be as simple as that yeah just being there and being aware and being living yeah it's also like i feel like you're in the moment of the experience and um, that's a beautiful thing. I think a lot of us, uh, I don't know how you feel on this, so we should dig into it, but a lot of times we are either living in the past or the future and we're not living in the present, but with photography, you can't like, like you said, you can try to project, but then it doesn't happen. But if you're aware, you just t- turn to the left and boom, something even crazier is happening. It's being mm-hmm. present and being the moment. Yeah. That's a, I think that I find that to be a, a true blessing of photography, a true if you're, I, I'm not a religious person or like into um, religion much outside of just studying it from afar. But when I, I, I had this kind of weird spiritual moment that just kind of hit me like a wave, 
months back I was with my friend Anthony. We were out filming a project and we were in this prairie area next to a lake in the early morning the sun was rising and you know you're aware of the weather and the sun direction all that kind of stuff when you're doing this stuff and it was the sun was burning the vapors off the water and was raising but you can see Mm -hmm. it real time and i looked to my friend anthony was over there and i said i I think this is my religion uh it's like (laughs) i'm looking at god or i don't know what it is it's bigger than me and it's one of the most beautiful things ever and it's like what an excuse to to what a wonderful excuse to spend time a with a a person I love that also is seeing the world. Is this a kind of a daily operation for you Um, outside of the client stuff? I'm sure, but yeah, even merging that would be even more fantastic. Mm, I don't know about daily, but there's, there's certainly, there's definitely times where something that I'm present for, I'm just, I mean, I mean, sometimes I'm like, I don't even want to photograph this just because <laughs> it's like so, so cool. So whatever. Yeah. Um, I stopped even filming. I just was, yeah, I even, I think I just let it roll and I was like, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a human right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely times yeah. when, when that feeling comes over me where I'm just like, you know, holy shit, this is like really special. Mm hmm. Um, and you're so lucky to be there to, yeah. to experience it. Yeah. And humbled by it. I mean, hopefully in those moments I can, I can make an image of it, of it that <laughs> is, is meaningful, but, but often it doesn't you know, even come it's close just like, too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy. Uh, yeah, that's funny. I, that's, I love that. That was your answer to that. That was exactly what I was hoping for that. Cause sometimes you are present for a moment that's bigger than you. And it just humbles yeah. you and it almost yeah, cripples you. Like, well, there's, there's, um, I can, I can think of one example of that. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the, with the Nurburgring. Yeah, of course. The, well, okay. I've not driven it, but I'm, okay. I've watched many well, videos you know, of you it. You know what it is yeah. and know it's, you know, like yeah. the holy ground of racetracks in yeah. the world Special. type of thing. So they, I've, I've shot the 24 hour race there a few times mm. and it's just, it's something else as a, as a whole. Um, and what do you they, mean? Can you extrapolate on that? Just the, the atmosphere is unlike anything else. The The weather there is also just totally wild. Um, yeah. It's up in the, they, it's up in the hills and the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of uh, yeah, it's, rec- uh, secluded too. There's like a little yeah. town that's adjacent, I think. And yeah, there's, there's several towns that are inside of it. It's, it's massive. Yeah. It's just, it's unlike anything else, but they, there's for that race, there's like two, 300 cars that are entered in that race. Mm. And, you know, normally a typical race has like maybe 50 max, mm. 30 to 40 is a pretty, what's well, a long, pretty track average too, right? 10 miles. Or it's something a huge like track, but the, the pit lane isn't a whole lot bigger than any other track. So mm. they stuff like six teams per little, little pit garage. Oh, wow. And really? Yeah, and they all kind of have to cooperate, and sometimes they, you know, are fighting about about stuff. But it's <laughs> there was, I think it was twenty nineteen, whatever. Not super important, but it was at night in one of the practice sessions, and it just started pouring down rain, mm. and that meant that your practice session or their practice session, their practice session. Okay, their mm. one hour of 
you know, drive around the track, figure out what your car is doing. Shake down and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So started dumping down rain. That meant 200 cars had to come in pit lane and put on rain tires. Mm-hmm. And there's room for maybe 50 cars to do that. Ah, nice. So they started stacking cars two or three wide. Mm. And, you know, the whole time it's pouring down rain, there's lights everywhere. It's it's visually really, really neat looking. Yeah. And are you on comms was, too? Do you have like a walkie on you and stuff? Or are normally, you just kind of, no. Okay, cool. You just acknowledge, just, you're just, oh, wow, this yeah, is it's, happening. It's, it's not something I generally am in need of. Mm. Sometimes I've had my little radio scanner to see what my, my team is doing, but mm. in that case, it wasn't. It wasn't a thing, but it was just like all of a sudden, boom, massive rainstorm, all these cars piling in, mechanics are changing tires. It's pretty much total chaos. Mm-hmm. But with all the with all the headlights, the track lighting, the teams like uh guys on their laptops, all the all the light from that was just one of the most <laughs> visually like incredible scenes that i've witnessed and the other part of it was that i'm in the pit lane trying not to get run over by any of these 200 cars and at one point i realized like i need to just kind of back up and maybe just watch this because (laughs) one i'm gonna get run over but also this is just totally incredible what's happening right now and i have some some photos of that that are really neat but it was kind of just it was a little bit too hectic for me to to really operate i think at my best but it was it was one of those moments that i'll probably remember forever um mm. beautiful and it's cool i yeah. can tell that you you go right back to it which is great yeah yeah it's cool also that it was all um artificial light nighttime too mm-hmm. so just much and then with the rain the artificial light doubles right because of reflection so you have yeah, this so there's like, reflection and there's you know there's you know every car has different headlights some some are led and they like do that like pulse flicker. yeah flicker thing and then there's lights that are the track infrastructure lighting there's you know a ferris wheel in the background with all of its <laughs> weird led patterns on it just so cool just to for for what i like to shoot it was just like someone threw a million dollars at me right then and said you know <laughs> here like grab as much as you can um that was a that was a big spray day i'm sure yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> i love those that's wonderful that you had that pocket i'm sure there's so many more too because it looks like you get in helicopters and i mean we're talking just about race car stuff but another whole other part of your career is military stuff we should definitely talk about that because damn that is crazy i mean talk about money i mean it's really cute that you guys do racing and all but you know here's a raptor (laughs) jet you know like this this, we could buy the nuremberg ring with this thing (laughs) yeah i mean the cost of these things and is in the the machinery is just brutal and the precision of those things just the raptor alone i I know i've seen some photos that you've captured of that Mm -hmm. that shit is fucking fascinating this. yeah i watch a lot of like nerdy videos on these kind of things like the raptor does okay. this and does that and it could yeah. d- obliterate people I'm like, wow this is <laughs> so glad i'm american wow yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> True. glad i'm on this side of the 
fence of these things. Yeah. How does, how did, I mean, it seems like a natural progression from race car, the obsession, uh, in high school being taught by a fantastic teacher, his name again, uh, Richard Ray, Richard. Okay. I didn't want to miss it. So Richard, Mr. Ray, and now doing photography, going and traveling. That's a whole nother level again. Did the military stuff come as later on in, 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 in the progression? It, it came later on in terms of me photographing it. I've been, I've been interested in aircraft aviation for, I mean, probably before I was interested in cars and stuff, although that mm. has been an interest of, I mean, well, you love mechanics I've, and engineering. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the it, echelon. They've both been an interest of mine since I was, you know, a little kid. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I didn't really put any effort to aviation as a subject of my photography until probably the past five years. Like like I said, I would I would do a lot of the cell phone stuff with that. So um, cool. But but that was the extent of it. And it's it's still a very even now it's a very minor part of my work, but it's a huge part of my just I love photography and I love jet noises. So, <laughs> and it's, it's fun to watch stuff flying around. So yeah. it's, it's a huge part of my life at this point, but it's a, it's a small part of your, part your, your client that, work where you're, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I would have thought as an outsider, I thought, Oh wow. Like the U S military is hiring you to actually capture. They should be. No. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you need, do you have a publicist or something like that helping you with that stuff or not really? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, dude, it might be a good idea to get one because maybe, I mean, yeah, it's like when I look at this stuff, um, a friend of mine was over at my house. He's pretty high ranking military. And I was like, you guys see this guy's photographs of this stuff. And he was blown away because he, I think he was, he was, uh, he was doing something with the warthogs and stuff. The, that's what they call it, right? The one, the, the big mm-hmm. Gatling gun. That's friggin'. Yep. <laughs> Basically, yep. it's a flying mega gun. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was really. He was like, "Damn, this is artistic and stuff." Okay, well, damn. I thought I would have thought so, just given the the quality. So you're. So what you do is you know where the air shows are, and then you show up, and then just go to town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. But how do you air get into helicopters are... and stuff like that? Uh, so. Probably the stuff you think I'm in a helicopter, I'm just, I'm photographing the jets when they're doing their low level flying. So I'm on a mountain, I'm on the rim of a canyon and they're below me. So that's, that's part of it is the exploration to go find that stuff. Wow. So this is the planning then, right? Yeah. And that, that's kind of a, it's it's a little opposite to how I approach the racing stuff because it needs planning. Yeah, it needs a lot of research to figure out where the flight path, where the stuff. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. this. I mean, obviously, this is outside of like air shows and stuff because that's pretty obvious where those actions are going to take place mm-hmm. over that specific airport or or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, right place, right time. You use Sun sure. Surveyor, the app at Sun Surveyor. Uh, some calculus tells you yeah. where your son is basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some, yeah. some app I have that on the yeah. phone. You're like, oh, okay. Cool. At this yeah. time it's going to be here. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Therefore I'm going to be in the shadow or I'm going to be, 
uh, yeah. flat or with it or something. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of the times in with that, I'm I'm much more limited on choice of where I can be just because yeah. of you know it's impossible for me to to get here. Not impossible. With, you need a publicist, no. and I'll get you over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it no, feels a, a like they're hiring you. Yeah. Honestly, from what I see, you know, uh, you're doing a well, fantastic the, job I mean, of fooling me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, most most of that stuff is just because I love to do it, and mm-hmm. and part of me wants to keep it mostly that way. That's great. It's really so smart it's, of so you to do that. So it's always a. I wouldn't say it's relaxing, but it's always a enjoyable thing and it doesn't have the this is now work mm-hmm. vibe to it um yeah we should talk about that I, actually because that's a big shift uh oh shit i need to make sure i get all these things and then that pressure mm-hmm. especially if you are a reactional artist <sighs> man it kind of ruins it yeah you're like oh shit yeah, at, <laughs> at, at times it does yeah and there's there's definitely times when i come away from four or five days shooting something and think, you know what? I'm really not happy with personally, not really happy with what I've done as far as wanting to show people. I'm happy with what I've done for my clients and, and they're happy with it, but that doesn't always mean that's what I would have wanted to do given total freedom, given zero responsibilities. Yeah. Um, yeah, if I was your client, I'd say just go go to town, you know. But I mean, most of the time that that's the case. That's thankfully what what they do. Yeah. And but then, you know, I could go to town for six hours on one specific thing, and it and it might not happen. And then I think, you know what, was that the best use of my time <laughs> for this person that's counting on me to to do something? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, it's a responsibility attached to it for yeah. sure. Could, could I have taken 10 minutes to do some more or less standard things mm-hmm. and then spend the rest of the time to do something more, more interesting. Um, so it's, it's often a time thing. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Then. Um, yeah. Odd, oddly, some of those longer races, the 24 hour races, I'll, I'll get done and I'm exhausted, but I still feel like there's, 30 or 40 things that I didn't get to try. Mm. Um, well, there's always, that should always be the feeling though, right? Like you should, I guess, yeah. cause that gives me something to look forward to for the next time. That's right. Yeah. And always being hungry is yeah. a sign of being humble. And, and, and yeah. that's so important though. Right. Cause if you lose that edge, what are you doing? You know? Sure. Yeah. You should be like humbled by the fact that there's never, I was once asked, is this, uh, a piece of art that I made. Is this your, I don't know. Is this your best work of art? And I said, there's no such thing. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow is the best. Yep. Work. I don't know what that is too. I don't know what I'll love tomorrow. I don't know what it'll, it'll be, mm-hmm. but I'm humbled by the fact that I'll never make the best work because it's, sure. it doesn't and exist. You always have something to, to strive for the next time. It's so clutch. I mean, that's such an important part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, you'd have to, I would love to use, well, you pick whatever image you want to use for the banner of this, but okay. if you can find the one where you're explaining that visceral moment with all the cars, I'd love to see that too. Okay. But literally I'll, I'll have to look almost everything that. We, that you have on uh, posted online. It's like, oh, this is banner, this is banner bin. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> before I forget, 
that's a yeah. simple a simple request um but yeah i i you really did fool me because i thought for sure that the that the stuff that you were doing with the military was just yeah i got to figure there's out a, yeah there's a few things that are that have been more official than than not yeah. which which but it's it's not a large percent of it um have you Just watched the latest I, Top Gun movie? The cinematography yeah. is probably a good oh, yeah. inspiration there too, huh? It's amazing. Jo- yeah. Joseph has a uh, has fantastic visual taste. The director Joseph Kaczynski did the yeah. Tron movie and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, works with a, quite a few of my friends, but yeah, his okay, visual cool. sense is fantastic and such a yeah. such a great look. Do you? Uh, what did you think of the Batman? Uh, did you enjoy that? I could see some. I haven't seen the latest. Oh, you one. should watch it. That's. I, mean, I know because you you did the the vehicle for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I designed it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. And Greg Fraser is yeah, I feel, is fantastic. He's one of the best cinematographers. I feel bad for not having no it's seen okay. your creation, but <laughs> someday you'll see it. Yeah, and maybe not, sure. but I think you would actually enjoy it because of the way that Greg and the team and Greg shot it. Basically, the the actual action sequences and stuff. I think might. Um, might impact you in a in a positive okay. way creatively. I'm not trying to spam you with that, but I think no. So there's some of your photographs. I'm like, oh wow, I've sent uh, Greg some of your work too. Because I'm like, dude, check this out. This is crazy. I think also, um, did you ever talk to William Eubank? I think I connected you to William. Yes. Yeah. 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 And he's fantastic as well because he's was looking for something that was aligned with what you were doing, which is great as inspiration. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the final product that they they use some of my stuff for i think oh, i don't great. know if that's i don't know if that's finished or or what mm, yeah it's a process what the the story is with that not that i'm <laughs> fishing for that to be done or or whatever but uh yeah thanks for putting me in touch with with that that was absolutely that was something where my what i thought were just kind of random clips that i thought it i guess it's cool that someone else had it had a use for them Mm -hmm. um so i guess going back to experimenting with video yeah i've I've done a little bit but yeah that's what um, he was looking for like um video stuff and i was like well he's the best one so i don't know if he does video so yeah (laughs) and i was he he asked me and i'm kind of just like i have a bunch of these random clips and sent them all over and (laughs) fantastic you know assuming that these are junk no one (laughs) you know I would really love to see but, you do video. That'd be really crazy. But as you mentioned, it's a completely different methodology and approach to. Yeah, and know. I think I think I think it require. I mean, it requires more focus and maybe more more knowledge of what the final product is going to be. Yeah, more so than a single photo does. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's. That is not a strong point for me. So <laughs> it's taxing, man. Maybe, maybe I'm a I'm a cinematographer and not a director and not an editor. Mm-hmm. Um, although I mean, technically, I'm all three for my stills stills work. Um, yeah. But there's there's a difference in quantity and overall. Uh, it's just a different for, Yeah. Yeah. We should talk about your post processing as well. You using uh, Lightroom, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic tool. 
there's uh-huh. cer- certain things because I, I don't know if you're the same. The way I look at it is there's a photographer in the field capturing the moment and the memory. Then I like to go home and then there's the second photographer, the one that's trying to remember what it felt like. Mm-hmm. That's what I think of as grading. How do you approach it? I mean, there's, I think I'm, I'm trying to show, I mean, like you said, what it felt like, like how, mm-hmm. how can I share this with someone else such that they might have a hint of, of my experience or what I, what it meant to me mm-hmm. seeing whatever it is that the, the photo is. Um, so there's, I think I'm farther away than, than pure, like documentary type of photography, but I, but I think it's, it's more like, you know, it's, it's all about the final product. So Mm -hmm. the actual, you know, shooting with the camera is one part of that. And then there's several other steps in that before you output the final product to your audience and the editing processing, whatever you want to call it is a key part of that. Yeah. It's essential. It's kind of when the, when everything comes back, it's the part of the way I look at it. It's like you have the moment, the candid moment, you capture it raw, you know, mm-hmm. and then the next part is really where the emotional tonality gets ramped up or ramped yeah. down. However, it's like one more layer of, of, of sure. meddling basically with it. And it's cool. Like, I don't know, I could be wrong. Um, I probably can't speak on all of your photos, but it doesn't seem like you do. Like sometimes when people shoot this kind of stuff, they do like a ridiculous amount of post-processing that's, uh, it becomes gaudy and it reduces the image down to some sort of like weird watch commercial or some sort of product thing. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When they would yeah. go like, remember when like HDR came out? I think that's what it was called. Yeah. And everything was exposed and perfect. Yep. And you're like, okay, come on mm-hmm. guys. Like let's calm down here. Like yeah. not everything's like this and it feels weird. <laughs> Uh, I feel like you give things a universal feel. Is that true about your approach to this? Um, I think, I mean, in, in terms of there's, you know, there's kind of a theme of, you know, strong colors, high contrast, mm-hmm. um, less specific detail on any one thing. I mean, that's, I think you could say that's universal in my work for the most part, if that's what you were asking. Um, but as far, I mean, just like you said with the HDR stuff, like it, it doesn't look like that, you know, shadows aren't completely black. Highlights aren't completely white. That doesn't necessarily exist, but also that's kind of what it feels like when I'm looking at that. So that's, what I gravitate towards in my post-processing as far as, you know, this is a shadow and this is in the light. So it should be nearly dark and this should be very bright Mm. to show these shapes and stuff. Yeah. That makes sense. What's a dream for you? Like what would be tomorrow an opportunity landed on your lap? What does that dream look like? That dream job, that dream position, the dream, the, the, the dream moment, uh, 
the thing that you could capture mm. experience what what is that do you know what that is i'm not sure i do um you live in it i mean well i mean yes um <laughs> this is good occasionally i stop and <laughs> occasionally i stop and think and like i'm it's pretty cool to be doing what i'm doing and have have all these experiences that i've had things i got to see and that it's looking like it's working great and will continue. Um, it's fantastic. I think in the in the general sense, a, a dream would just be to continuously do new things, mm. new new events, new places. Maybe it's weird lenses. Uh, I like to see that. That'd be cool. Different techniques. Um, yeah. Specifically, there's a um, an off-road race called the Dakar Rally. Oh it's, yeah, um, it's uh, Saudi Arabia is where they hold it now, but it's it's like two weeks of just nonstop grueling um, desert awesomeness is, is <laughs> how I would describe it. And it's it's I guess what I what I like is is somewhere where I can really get into something, mm. which is why I don't, I don't like doing a whole lot of like editorial automotive things where it, like, Hey, we have this Mustang GT 500. Let's take it to the track for a day. I've, I've certainly done that. And it's usually with, with friends of mine who, who know how I work and are okay. Working with my, um, with my style and just because it's an enjoyable time being with friends doing car stuff mm -hmm. but i don't feel that there's a whole lot of purpose to that for me there's a ceiling um, other people yeah, yeah, yeah. other people that i see that shoot a lot of that stuff come up with incredible things that i just don't yeah personally know that i could do mm -hmm. so i don't i won't say that is it, it due to no like a purpose. lack of interest some of it's a lack of interest some of it's just like I think more more planning goes into it than I do. Like yeah. more of a, I have these images in my head and I know exactly what I need to tell people to do, where I need to place things, what lights I need to have, that kind of stuff that isn't really me or how I work. Yeah, but I see what people can do with that and think, wow, that's that's pretty neat. And the well, I would say the, what those people are trying to do, in my opinion, is they're trying to do what you're doing naturally by being in the moment of capturing that thing. They're trying to do it, but they're trying to replicate it. And that's super hard to do. Yeah. I agree. It's super hard to do. I don't know if they were... Not you specifically, but like the, capturing the moment of... Okay. They're, they're, yeah. tr they're trying to capture the 0.1% continually. Mm -hmm. That's what they're... That's yes. the way I look at it, you know? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. what all photographers. Um, I would imagine most photographers are trying to. They're trying to capture more of the point one percent, you know. But the, and the, candid the people moment. that I see that that do that well, I mean, you, I mean, Web is a good example mm -hmm. of yeah, Web of someone that that does a lot of the commercial automo. I mean, commercial whatever. That's doesn't really have any meaning, but um, someone I can look at his images and think these have a purpose to them mm. these and i can 
I can't imagine myself doing that, but I can see all the work that went into that and think, you know, this is, this is something special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dakar rally is the, this the dream one, huh? Yeah. That's, that's one of like the dream events, I guess you'd say just because it's, it's two weeks of getting down and dirty in the <laughs> sand and dust and tons of miles on the road get them from place to place um i don't even begin to understand how how the logistics of that works crazy Um, but just racing in general it's so unnatural and so weird and there's so much money involved Uh oftentimes when i'm around these things i'm like who has got this kind of wealth that's just funding these things (laughs) yeah because um do you come from wealth or is this like are you a self-made person not really yeah so it's like it's weird when you're around these multi-million sometimes billion dollar machines you're just like <laughs> this is wild yeah <laughs> you're at the king yeah, of hammers right uh, you've you were there yes. recently that that's a crazy thing too huh yeah yeah, yeah. I, next time you're in my area i don't know if that's my area but you should let me know if you don't mind where is your area san diego la area yeah okay yeah i'm i'm out there a, a decent amount okay yeah let me know it'd be fun fun to go sure. and explore and have fun and giggle while taking a of, photographs a lot of aviation stuff out that way yeah and, i never utilized then, it too i'd love to yeah because yeah. there's it's just so cool i actually i should maybe um he's leaving but i had like this huge the sigma uh the big huge one it was like to 600 mil or something like that but it, sure. 150 to 600 yeah, 150 to 600 yeah. 50 to 60 to 600 yeah whatever. yeah it's it that was i was like oh this is perfect for that kind of thing but also um I went the other way with my lenses where I was like, this is too clean and sterile and it lacks mm-hmm. that impurity. So I went to like full on weird Nikkor lenses and like all this weird stuff. And you could put like Vaseline on like the UV filter yeah. and pull the light. And I just, yeah, that's the stuff that's really interesting to me. You'll, you'll see when you watch, if you do watch the, the Batman, I think okay. Greg, they used, they used a lot of old anamorphics, but when they shot the car, they actually used, rehoused helios lenses with the fake anamorphic i think in the back of the the element and then they would put vaseline and stuff on the uv filter so they would it would smear and cast you'll see i've done i've done a similar thing you just take your thumb and and smear the front element of your lens Mm -hmm. and if you point it at like a street light it'll make all these Mm -hmm. striations big yeah Mm -hmm. and so i've i've done that a few times um especially when we're like when we're at Daytona, which is a NASCAR track with a ton of lights mm. on it, so at night mm. I can get some weird, weird lighting effects going on. Not on um, the front of the lens, but on the UV. You, yeah, yeah, okay. well, both. Oh but. no, don't do that! <laughs> don't listen, people. Don't do that. <laughs> I think I saw. Did you have like a story where you just like absolutely obliterated your lenses and you had to go like? I'm, yeah. I'm generally kind of rough on my things or I just, <laughs> I think like if I need to set something down here, cause that's what I need in the moment, then I'm going to set it down here. And if it, if I trip and knock it off this rock, then okay. That's, <laughs> you have that's to be then. Yeah. my, that's my dumbass fault and I'll deal with that. Yeah. That as it comes. So yeah, if I don't have a filter on the front of the lens and I want to make some weird light smear then 
Oh man, your, go for your it. Poor lenses. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing like some. I think it was on Instagram, where it was like a story of like the service that you had to do on your one lens was more expensive than the actual lens. Right? right. Yeah. Play stupid I, games. I sent in a lot of my stuff. Gifts. I sent in a lot of my stuff recently that had been long overdue for cleanings and stuff for service. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and kind of a story for my whole time doing this is just constantly working around like halfway broken things and you know <laughs> you know oh, you gotta you gotta crank this lens like this on the body to get it to focus otherwise it'll it'll freak out oh or, it doesn't connect like with that. like so, the autofocus and yeah stuff or just just kind of silly stuff like that hmm. from me tripping when i'm walking upstairs or something and <laughs> the lens is the first thing that hits the ground to <laughs> break my fall um, <laughs> Uh, I love but that. When it's you're, good you're using it though. When you're out, yeah. yeah. When you're out climbing rocks and stuff, that's kind of what happens. Yeah. Um, some some people are a little more cautious than I am, but I I also m- maybe have more more backup stuff than hmm. than other people might. You have like a or, decent sized kit of backups, or just like triple backup, yeah. basically. I've got a replacement for most of the stuff that I have. Hmm. Um, so if if one thing goes down, I can a just deal with it, and you know, if I'm out my five hundred, then I'm thinking of other stuff to do that suits my hmm. shorter lenses that I have, or I can you know run home and and get another one. That's if you're close to home, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which I'm often not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, do you? Um, well, I will wrap this up here, but do you? Uh, one thing I love to ask all of our guests, because a lot, a lot of times those that are listening, we're all students of art and mm-hmm. we're all very interested in these kind of things. And I would say like, you know, we're all studying and looking at other people as, as benchmarks of things. Um, when, is there a piece of advice that you wish you could give your younger self to alleviate some sort of friction point or um, help you navigate a certain problem that you faced that you've got overcome is there something that comes to mind that you could give yourself maybe don't follow any of the so-called rules too closely yeah or don't don't pay too much attention to that i mean there's there's reasons why those things exist but also there's four hundred thousand ways that you could go against that and make something really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess don't get like specific example. One thing for like a lot of aviation photography, especially uh, playing with a propeller is that like, don't freeze the propeller. Cause then it looks weird. I mean, same with a car. Like I think a lot of people think that you got to have the wheels moving. You got to have the propeller spinning, but oftentimes that might be actively inhibiting some other piece of the photo you might want to make and getting hung up on some little portion of that and not thinking about the overall image or meaning or like, what do you want to say with this photo? Um, Getting hung up on some little technical detail is not that helpful. Um, So love that. Yeah. That's one thing. The other thing is 
for people wanting to do this as a job, maybe taking business classes rather than photography classes might be a smarter way to go about it. Um, Cause that's a, a lot of this isn't how interesting is your photos. It's how good are you at talking to people and negotiating stuff? Um, mm. Which that's something I never learned and yeah. or not learned in, an, in a, any official capacity and uh, just kind of had to figure it out as I go, which is, it can be difficult. Yes. Uh, it's a horrible, it's horrible to learn that because as an artist, we spend so much time saturated in the act of creation and the art form. To, and then anything outside of that is, is almost a burden because we're like, mm -hmm. I just want to be doing my drug. I want this drug. And, yes. and, <laughs> and I don't want to be hindered by these other things. Um, but that's a great advice too, especially if you want to learn how to do that. I have a book that I'm going through right now that I, I mean, I read a lot of books, but this one, I don't, I'm not sure if you've read this one before, but it's called the win without pitching manifesto. No, I have not. Fantastic book so far. It's really yeah. condensed. So it's only two and a half hours, which I love. And it's really condensed. So there's a lot of information. Um, but it, what it's doing for me is it's strengthening my approach to how I communicate my value to others and also my clients and, and so on and so forth. And it helps me because a lot of times, you know, when the drug is so good, you're, you're desperate. And you're like, I'll just do it for like free. And, and that's okay mm -hmm. if you don't have bills to pay, do it for free. But if you have bills to pay and you have things to take care of and people to be accountable for, then it's almost a hindrance to your life and your work yeah. to be doing it like that too. You know, I, I'm sure with, with you, I, I don't know, actually I'm curious, like when you first started out, was a lot of it spec and free until it started to gain traction? Yeah, there, there was a lot of that. And I think... I mean, people say don't work for free and I would, I would modify that by saying that not being paid doesn't necessarily mean it's free. Mm -hmm. Like you could still be getting something out of it with you learn, even if it's not monetary. So yeah. maybe take that into account. Like, I mean, certainly there's a problem with, with people saying, Hey, can you work for exposure or whatever that at a certain point that is detrimental? Yeah. Um, exposure bucks. Yeah. 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 When I was not, first starting out, I was like, just, I had my hands on, I wanted everything, give it to me. I was desperate and sure. hungry for it. And I was okay with that. That was a choice that I made. Um, but I wasn't trying to complain like, you know, I did all this stuff for, no, it was like, I know what I was doing. No. And I sure. basically, I was like, I will learn. I'm going to mm -hmm. go through school because I couldn't afford to go to art center or these other schools that I knew that I would get that kind of level of experience. So I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll take the, I'll hit, take the hit now for experience bucks, you know, not exposure bucks, but experience bucks is, yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's a time in your life that you should do things, um, for experience. I think that's mm -hmm. really key. And even today and even nowadays too, like I love finding a project or a person that needs my expertise that can't afford it. And I love just giving that to them because it's also really important in my heart to give because that's when you learn mm -hmm. the most too. Sometimes, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. And then there's, there's not that weird thing where there's 
expectations and stuff and you can exceed it because there's that better exchange you know so it's almost kind of takes it back to the original state of like capitalism i don't know if that makes sense but where things were trade and bartered you know Mm -hmm. it's like oh like you're really good at that i'm good at this so we'll trade on this and that's kind of fair right and it's a discussion yeah Yeah. which is more healthy I, i do that now I mean, I've, I've had friends with, with race cars or there's a, a guy local to me with, he's getting into aerobatic flying and has asked if I can take photos of him and like, he'd, he'd pay me. And, and I kind of said, if we can keep this on a fun, like kind of casual level, this is stuff that I like to shoot. I'm more than happy to come out for a day and just make whatever I want to make and not have it be not have it be work Mm, what a blessing and (laughs) yeah and you can you can use whatever the product that i make is if it's bad then whatever we can try again Mm. but it's not going to be i don't i don't want to make it a weird awkward scenario Mm. i'd rather just you know just do something for the enjoyment for the experience for the learning for the trying something new and having a kind of easy um scenario where if you fail it's okay and there's not a huge ad agency like hey why didn't you do this type of thing (laughs) yeah so and that's where you learn a lot too yeah i mean you learn a lot always if you're present right you know Mm -hmm. like oh this is this is you know working with an agency you learn a lot because you're like oh this is pressure you learn a lot sometimes about what you don't like and that's also just as important as what you do like yes yeah so which is always fascinating but that's cool yeah and it's good to know that too and that uh, that's something that i thrive on too and so. and in in that sense i'm i'm working for free because there's zero money but I'm, I'm not not getting anything out of that mm-hmm. and in that in that way i i don't see it as working for free mm-hmm. yeah if yeah well you're still if you're working your and someone's yeah if, if you're if you're doing something and someone's constantly telling you do this do that and you don't want to do it yet you're not getting paid, you're not learning anything, then yeah, that's not a, that's not good. Beneficial. No, that's not good. Uh, you, that's when you decide, you, I mean, there's a choice matrix you can just, you could quickly decipher. Like, cause usually when I make a choice to do something, I'm like, number one, does it make me happy? Does it bring me happiness? That's the mm-hmm. number one for me. And then number two, yeah. does uh, it give me fulfillment, which is connected to happiness, but they're slightly different. And then number three, does it offer some sort of like, recovery on the energy put into it and then usually sure. from that so i end up saying no a fuck time <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i'm like uh no yeah. no 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean i guess that's another thing is learn learn when to say no yeah because if you if you get yourself into something where you're not specifically if you're not happy with what you're doing yourself you're not gonna like if i'm not happy with what i've shot I don't really want anyone else to see it. Yeah, totally. And and if and if I'm doing something and the final like the brochure for this car comes out and I don't want to go tell people that hey, I did these photos, then to me there's no use in that. Yeah. Um there's no takeaway. That's, that's No, and that generally that's not a scenario that leads to good work, I don't think. Yeah, or continual um, good work. Yeah, because I, I yeah. always had that rule too. Is like never show the work you're not proud of, because you'll just get more of that work you're not proud of. Yeah, yeah. Only show the 
the work that you're most proud of. Uh, or you'll have people asking you to do that because maybe it's something they like, but, mm -hmm. but you don't like it if you don't. Yeah. yeah. And then you're just I mean, you, you gotta, perpetuating it. You got to balance that, but yeah. Well, especially at the beginning too. But again, if you're not desperate, I mean, think about all the, the brave artists that have gone, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care about any of these rules. I don't care about, and they might, you know, the Van Goghs of the world where they might go through a whole life of pain and suffering and then they're dead and then they become relevant. <laughs> and that's the irony of a lot of artists too. But there's, I think, I, th I think, and I, th I think you probably agree is that there is a way to do it during your life to have mm -hmm. that fulfillment, but also have that, that amount. And that's why you go and travel. And even if the air show isn't paying you, you're just like, I love this jet and I want to capture yeah. rad photographs of it. And I have the, Thankfully, I have the time and the budget to go here and, and experience that. Sure. I mean, it, that that stuff is a way to keep my my mind active, mm -hmm. my photography mind, trying new things mm -hmm. um, in in an arena where there's no one telling me what to do. Yeah, usually, mm -hmm. um, so I can I can try new things if if the motorsport stuff is getting on my nerves and I, there's always something I can go do mm. that generally doesn't. Mm. Um, so I, I enjoy having that. I think it's important to have something like that. I mean, not, it doesn't have to be another type of photography. Like, you know, other people want to go fishing or go whatever, blah, 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 do something else. But yeah. I think it's important to have something else that you can do. Yeah. It's cool that you're addicted to this, so. <laughs> I think it's cool too. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool so far. <laughs> well, I think it's helping. Yeah, and there's is obviously an addiction to it because which is fantastic. I always say mm -hmm. like when you're the drug and the drug dealer, things get interesting, you know. So you're constantly yeah. dopamine, <laughs> and it's you're happening in real time. It's yeah. again great photography is the photographers in present in the moment, so you're also present, which is fantastic. Um, especially your style, which is um, just feedback basically like the world doing this i'm being here and i'm capturing that and putting yourself out there um yeah I, that's one of the things i again i love about photography is it's an excuse to get out and experience and live your life um and it's like it's it is a device to create memories and um mm -hmm. wow what a beautiful thing that is what a gift yeah. that can be and i all artists like of all ranges of all disciplines and interests. The the thing I say the most is literally get a camera, get any camera. It doesn't matter. Just get one and use it and understand image making and discover it. And like you said too, the, the sense of rules, they're designed to be broken, especially in the beginning. You're supposed to just literally follow whatever is inspiring you. And there's no, right rules you could do everything you want mm -hmm. and try to copy you but you'll never be you because you're doing you in real time they're doing you past time you know which is really yeah. interesting yeah yeah i have people ask me i see it in the question so for aviation <laughs> yeah yeah more so for aviation stuff like like what's the best lens to to shoot an air show mm -hmm. and iphone i could give a standard boring answer like Sigma 150 to 600, mm -hmm. but the oftentimes a better answer or, or what I really want people to think is like, well, what kind of imagery do you want to make? That's right. 
That's the question. What are you trying to do? Like, like that, that drives everything. Mm. And so that's a hard question to answer in a general sense like that. And I try to lead people towards thinking about what they want to do mm. because then the gear, the location, everything else will kind of fall into place to make that a reality. Mm. That's right. But when people just say, Hey, what, like, what lenses do you use? How do I, how do I take better photos? Like there's not really an answer to that. And if you're not, you're not thinking about the end goal, which I mean, it takes time to be able to do that, but mm. there's, there's no way to answer that. And there's no way to improve if you're not, there's no way. Yeah. Not, if you're not failing, not constantly doing that. Yeah. yeah. If you're not in the art living it. Yeah. In year on 10 years, you said in year 10 of doing this, uh, I, I, I graduated in 2012. So mm. it's, yeah, a lot. I mean, at that point, this was my, <laughs> well, it's the only thing I'm doing. It's kind of the number though. You know, you've heard the 10,000 hour yeah. rule kind of thing. So yeah. you're coming up on your 10,000 hour rule. I, even when I look at your catalog of work, these last, and this is just from my outside perspective, these last, I don't know if I'm getting the dates right, but the last two to three years, it's like, it's like you've taken off into a different, do you feel that with your work? You know what I'm saying? Do you see it or no? I, I do. I also see this, all the stuff I've struggled with, which mm, sure as an artist you or anyone it. else yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't see, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've made some posts here and there that, that was like, you know, this, this was really a struggle, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I'll post a few pictures and people are like, well, what's the struggle? These are amazing. <laughs> and I said, well, you didn't see the other like four images that are kind of neat. Don't really tell the whole story of, of the experience that I had at this thing that, you know, maybe overall didn't go as well as I thought, but yeah. Well, the audience has the privilege of not having to care about any of those yeah, things. Which being is, blind to yeah, that. Yeah, which is but, fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely hope that I'm continually improving on, on what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, and I'm seeing it. That's the, that's the goal. Well, what I'm seeing, and this is, uh, again, an outside observer for whatever it means, but um, a strong sense of purpose style approach is emerging. That's how I see it. I don't even know how to describe it, but there's like a sense of uh, confidence of sorts. Um, like, oh shit, I mean, I've I seen the, this so the, many times, but now it's like sure. I'm here. I'm, I'm now. I'm going to step it down. I'm gonna do little things that are a little bit more bold uh, yeah, against maybe what would be traditionally acceptable. That's yeah. almost exactly what I was going to say. Is that now, you know, honestly, after probably three or four times of doing one event. Mm -hmm. I've kind of exhausted like the realm of general stuff mm -hmm. that I can do. And now I need to think way more outside the box to try and find something that's mentally engaging that I haven't done already. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm, I'm definitely at that point where I'm often thinking I've taken this photo way too many times <laughs> what yeah. 
can I not do it this time? And what else can I do? Yeah. Um, so that's, that gets tougher and tougher as you go along. If you're, if you're Pushing. doing the same thing, but yeah. How can I make this subject matter more interesting or more narrative yeah. or make it so it's not about the subject matter, which is what you said. Transcend that. Yeah. Use art as the vessel to sure. transcend. Yeah. Which is cool. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm seeing it personally. So if you have doubts, which it doesn't seem like you do, <laughs> but if you do, uh, I'm very aware that it, there's a, it's a path that's happening um, just as an observer. So and it's cool that you're constantly uh, well, striving for it. So never end that yeah. curiosity, obviously, because uh, it's, it, as I said, um, this is one thing I love about when artists are like yourself or many people that have been on this podcast, they are pushing themselves out of the realm to become a better version of themselves. That is richening the cycle, the zeitgeist of everybody out there by you doing you being you authentically for 10 years doing this it's enriching me and say like the cgi approach to things mm -hmm. or even my photography it's like oh this is cool i'm not thinking how you would do it because that's you but i'm thinking yeah. how can i approach this with that mentality you know um yeah well yeah. i mean I, we i mean we all kind of look at other stuff and i yeah and i'd hope that I mean, I, I look at other people's work and I think I like these things. I don't like these things. Mm -hmm. What if I did it this way? Yeah. It's a great way to analyze I would hope work. That, yeah. I would hope that that's what people are doing instead of, I want to take this photo. Yeah. The same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's certainly a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're, when you're doing kind of sports stuff at the same venues there's you know there's iconic photos that are are cool to me to have taken this iconic image even though there's basically no creativity in that but then you do that and you think well okay how do i do this in another way that maybe i haven't seen done before but isn't just different for the sake of being different mm -hmm. like what what's a different meaning that I can, I can add to this because I don't, I don't think shooting at half a second just to get blurry stuff just for the sake of doing that is, is useful or shooting at F 1.2 all the time just because. Hmm. Um, yeah. It's more or less the pursuit of purpose. It's almost like a quick, sure. I, I would say maybe it's kind of similar to like when you travel Let's say we go, you go to France, everybody's like, oh, I got to go to Paris and see the Eiffel Tower. That's kind of like, yeah. okay, you know, I'm not into I mean, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you do, but, yeah. I, I, but also. I personally, I'm like, I don't care. I've, it's enough of that. And sure. <laughs> I like to go off the beaten path. I, I want to find the little yeah. town that nobody knows about that's got the grandma making those crazy croissants or something. And that's where I'm after, you know. But again, everybody's got a different. But yeah, yeah. but checking the boxes and following the path. I think, I think it's important to to either do that stuff or understand it and then sure. branch off. And I think that's the same thing about the photography rules is like understand why people say this is a rule. Mm -hmm. Employ it, use and it. And then you have a better, under yeah. and yeah, then you have a better understanding of how you can use it, but also how to not use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that just like, I'm going to break the rules because someone said to break the rules, I don't think that <laughs> has has any utility either. Mm 
Um, so intention is the key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. I mean, if you if you're taking a photo of half of someone's face, why this half? Mm-hmm. Why not the whole thing? Mm-hmm. What's you know? What about the other half? You know, something. I mean, I'm just making that up. But no, no, no. You're being very specific. So we're talking about faces. Not just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. That's that makes sense. And yeah, intention is the key. I think a lot of times intention. Okay, so if we break down photography binary wise, so it's like being present in the moment let's talk about your approach and similar to my approach, which is being present in the moment, capturing the essence of an experience, being completely aware, then allowing it to happen, but having intention with that a moment. And when all those things come together, the viewer goes, Oh, but the shit, this is crazy. They're feeling that energy of intention, Mm -hmm. purpose, moment, and the ritual of it all connected which i think is potentially the summation of it all and what eventually because you know like i think you probably i don't know if you feel this way but photography just like art is very subjective and it's hard to get people to appreciate and understand that photography has value say as long along with like a painting or something just because people devalue these things or they don't understand the the the, the breadth of things sure. but Again, that's not their job to to the no, viewer. No, and I don't. I don't think that. I can't. I can't tell someone that like my photo is important, and you must understand it and enjoy it because if if it doesn't resonate with them, that's their prerogative. Yeah, yeah, their ability to say, "Nah, this is dumb. I don't like it. <laughs> this doesn't mean anything to me." Um, yeah. So yeah. I can't the same way I can't can't really say that anyone else's photography is is dumb either. If that's if they're into what they're doing and they are enjoying it, then that's awesome. I can't I can't knock anyone else's method or, or results. Um Yeah. How could you? I could I could I could say that if you're if you're just trying to copy someone else and there's there's no you in it then then maybe that's not so great but that might be how someone goes about learning what what their own thing is yeah is all all artists is trying something else yeah Yeah. and well steal is a harsh word and it's a it's a sure i think all borrow is another word that's less harsh but we all are inspired or motivated but yeah then then there's ethics if you're using that and you're copying and then you're using it for monetary gain that's a problem and so on and so forth but i mean hopefully if you're i'd say if if or when you're borrowing something hopefully you're using it as a building block to to step higher on yeah and do something well evolving it higher or yeah yeah you would hope so yeah but yeah, there's obviously that line gets crossed and it's so circumstantial sure. that it's hard to track and really say, yeah, this is wrong. Cause I agree. I don't think it's fair of anybody to say this art is not good. Even though I have strong opinions about art and other people's art. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my strong opinion would be, I don't enjoy this. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's not but for someone me. else might. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the line I use is it's just not for me. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't like, I'm not into like pop music and stuff. So, but I don't have to listen to it. So sure. <laughs> it just does nothing for my soul. So, um, but yeah, 
that that makes sense then dude it's been fantastic talking with you i i'm really stoked you finally made time for this i've been bugging you for a long time so i know yeah <laughs> and i was well, i had i was like does he not like me what's going on here but no i figured you're just busy no, it's just, I, <laughs> i'm away and i just i forget yeah and so i was i figured as much i wanted to make sure we could get it get it done now because i'm i'm on the road for at least a month pretty much so wonderful <laughs> try, trying to do this trying to do this in my car i thought would maybe not be such a great idea but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you gotta get you a publicist, man, and start working for the yeah. military. Make some military bucks. <laughs> yeah, we'll shoot see. some epic stuff. Yeah, it's a matter of time. I'm hoping that that happens for you. I think that would be a match made in heaven. And just you get early, you get easy access to some crazy stuff, and then you, we're really gonna see some stuff there. That's gonna be fantastic. So, and I also look forward to the day I get to meet you. And then, even more importantly, if it would be amazing yeah. to be able to shoot with you, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but um, thank you so much, man. I really do appreciate you no taking problem. the time. And thanks for inspiring me, everybody else as well, and for your advice and tips on everything. They're so sound and they're wonderful. And yeah, I appreciate you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Yeah, man. You have a good one and safe travels. And thank you. keep killing it. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> you too, man. Yeah.